Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. All right, welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor Live here on the Five Reasons YouTube channel. You can also find us on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, and Red Circle and all of the other podcast feeds. And also you can find our content at fivereasonsports.com. Make sure you spell that one out. You get the latest content, written content without a paywall. And check out the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network. That includes prize picks. Use code 5 FIVE. Get that initial deposit matched up to $100. You go to prizepicks.com. Again, this is money that they're giving you right away to play. There are no rollovers, nothing like that. It's right there for you. I actually played the Masters today, not all that well, but you can play golf, tennis, MMA, NHL, MLB, and of course, NBA, even the NFL props are up there right now. And pretty soon, I'm sure they'll even have college basketball props up. So go to Prize Picks, use the code 5, F-I-V-E, get that initial deposit matched up to $100. All right, here's today's floor plan. I've got Greg Sylvander. You can follow him at Greg Sylvander. i got Alex Lito. You can follow him at Tropical Blanket. We've got Brady Hawk. You can follow him at Brady Hawk 305. I've also got no a intro music. reading. I don't know. i got a cheap pair, pair of reading glasses on here. Uh, so hopefully the, the glare will not distract any of the rest of you. Apologize for this, but my glasses are actually somewhere in the ocean. Do we forget the intro? I was gonna. I was. We I was gonna put it in there, but we got it. You went straight into it. You went straight into it. That's time to put it. You know what? You know what? Let's just do it. Let's go. Intro Let's go. Me. Keep no, going. Right. Intro. I got you. Proper intro coming. From down to this gang. Five on the floor, drive for my dogs. Where is the thing? You can check the score. Hustle hard, couple scars, wearing bubble frogs. Just like Buck said, you in trouble, y'all. Check the floor plan, got an all band. Y'all seen the block, stop the one hand. And Pat, we trust, it's power, have the guts. We're here to bring the heat. Y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. And now we're back. Today's floor plan. I got Alex Toledo. You can follow the Tropical Mike. And I got Brady Hawk. You can follow Brady Hawk 305. Greg Sylvander. You can follow me at Greg Sylvander. Miami Heat win. This is the 80th game of the season. That's probably why we're punch, punch drunk at this point. Uh, they win in Philadelphia. They win big, 129 to 101 uh they get really good performances from a bunch of different people and yes philadelphia did play its normal players with the exception of tyrese maxi jimmy butler 24 points six assists uh shot nine of 12 from the field he's now shooting 63 percent since the all-star break tyler here is seven of 17 from the floor but five of eight from three for 24 points bam had 14 points eight rebounds max Struess appeared to hurt his hand during the game but came back so it looks like everything's okay there he had four threes for 14 points, they also got uh, 13 points from Caleb Martin off the bench, seven points from Kevin Love off the bench, uh, and a good performance from Kyle Lowry. He was a plus 27 tonight, uh, four or five from the floor, 11 points, five rebounds, seven assists, and two charges taken uh, for Kyle Lowry tonight. And look, this is a good win. Um, I know, Greg, you had said we were on playback tonight as top five uh, road win of the season. And you know what it makes me feel? A little bit of melancholy here, guys, because this is all for nothing. 
it's all for nothing. I, and I don't want to take this in a totally negative direction tonight, but I'm sorry I have to because I'm looking at the way the Heat played tonight against a disinterested Philadelphia team for the most part, even though they did play most of their regulars. And I'm just thinking, man, this matchup was there for them. It was there for them. Like, just don't lose the 10 games you lost to teams like San Antonio, Detroit, uh, Charlotte twice, and all of the Washington, Chicago three times. Don't lose those games to teams that were not in the top eight, neither conference right now. And at worst, you would have played this Philadelphia team. And again, I know tonight is not totally representative of what a playoff series would have looked like when Embiid and Harden are more locked in and not going through the motions. But Miami can play with this team. We saw it last year. They still can play with this team. Jimmy gets hyped up for this team. His hair was on fire for the first quarter of this game. He always is against Philadelphia. And I'm just like, they effed this whole thing up. Like, because they're not getting the sixth spot now. They're just not. Like, you look at it, Greg, and I I mentioned this on playback, this same Philadelphia team closes the season with Brooklyn. Philadelphia does not want to play Miami. They have no interest in Miami getting to the sixth spot and facing them at the three. They're going to throw that game against Brooklyn like you've never seen before. Like, literally, they're going to be pulling – I mean, I don't know. Is Andrew Tony still alive? Mo Cheeks is going to be out there playing point. Okay, Bobby Jones is going to be at the four. Moses Malone, may he rest in peace. They're going to bring him back, okay, to play the five. They don't care about that game because, well, they do. They don't want the Nets – to lose that game. They want the Nets to win that game. And so Miami, I don't think, has any chance to get the six. They're stuck in the seven. And so really all we're talking about tonight is, okay, Miami seems to be rounding into shape in a number of different ways and has found a rotation. That's good, but they've still got this really difficult path that is their own fault because they have not played like this, this connected. I mean, how many assists do they have tonight? They had 39 assists. That's like two games for them. Where was this all damn season? I love that you are being very mindful to manage expectations on the show. I think that that's a healthy way for us to start because it was a really exciting game and you completely bleeped all over it to start the show and completely let the air out of the room. uh, And we're all now looking at this and not only do we feel melancholy, but we're kind of like, damn, you're right. They did squander and it, it hurts even worse because the the Brooklyn game at home and that, that one just really stings a lot, but I'm not going to dwell there. Cause I'll just say this about these games. Cause you're right. I feel like all these teams are winding down. Everyone knows where they're going to end up. The Dallas win. I, I mean, come on, Dallas is a mess. Detroit. What are we really talking about? But this is all I'll say is that when you have, 39 assists and 49 made field goals. That's like on 80% of your made field goals, they were on assists. If they can start to just do that a little bit more and a little bit more and the shooting uh, regresses or uh, doesn't regress, whatever it would be, goes up to the mean because the mean, uh, you know, like I think that they will positive regression to the mean. Thank you. Um, who knows? Maybe they give Boston hell, and that's just the way that the season ends. But to your point, it could have been such a clearer path because Philadelphia wants nothing to do with Miami. That is a matchup um, in heaven for the Heat, and they're going to not get it, to your point, and that stings. But it still was a damn good win, and they look super connected. So I don't know if you're building momentum for a playoff run. I I, I can sell that for a day or two, can I? Brady, 30, you can. 
uh, well, until until the next break, and I shoot it down again. 39 assists and 10 turnovers, Brady. 39 assists and 10 turnovers. They shot 46% from three. I don't know who didn't play well tonight. Honestly, Gabe was okay. Kevin Love didn't shoot the ball particularly well, but I thought he actually did some good things. Um, but what, what the offense lately in general has been better, right? Like we've talked about the defense not playing well, but the offense in general, there have been these games where you've seen that the, the ball movement is there. And again, he ended up playing more than just the, you know, he, he played Highsmith uh, 18 minutes as a ninth guy tonight, but essentially it looks like he settled on the three guys on the bench who were going to get most of the minutes. Why is the offense working so well lately? Well, I think right now their three-point shooting, like to your guys' point, has been progressing in that right direction. So that helps. The fact that you're getting 39 assists and 49 made shots is simply because they shot a ton of threes and made a ton of threes because it's just extra swings into an extra three and there's an extra assist. There's another assist. But I think the thing that stands out is the fact, specifically with the starting lineup, like the movement in general, as we talked about, I, I always joke around and say, I don't even think this is a motion offense anymore. It feels like they're slowly getting back to that where they're moving a lot more. The ball's moving a lot more. I would talk about the, the Jimmy Bam hero three-man actions. They've been heavily favoring that. We even let's, – let's dumb it down a little bit more. The Jimmy Bam stuff, and we had the whole podcast about it. They are heavily leaning into the Jimmy Bam stuff. Like even – it's not even pick, even pick and rolls. It's the fact that if Bam gets a switch, and if it's not even a positive switch, like there was times where he was getting P.J. Tucker at his back. He was making it a priority to make that entry pass. Like, even if it wasn't there, he was looking at it for at least three to four seconds. So, like, those th different things I think I'm seeing in the offense. Uh, but I think specifically tonight, some of the things that stood out, because as you said, I don't think there's a thing we could say, like, something that was negative when you look at this roster tonight. I think the, the fact that they came out and at the top of their scouting report was they were going to push pace. They were absolutely, you mentioned Jimmy, but he was kind of steamrolling it. But, man, were they pushing pace. And this is not a team that's not only does it, but they're not good at it. Like, but it's just the fact that it, they weren't having to navigate defense because Philly doesn't get back. Like, they just don't get back on defense. They were just beating them to the spot and able to do that. I thought that was uh, one of those Eric Spolstra, Doc Rivers battles that we just love to, to mention. The other part of that battle, there's, it's not an Eric Spolstra, Doc Rivers battle if we don't get a 2-3 zone back and forth. Like, it, there's just nothing like it. Like, he had no idea that one was coming. He just pulled that one out of nowhere. Uh, but I thought it was funny because it just totally stalled them out. Like, it's the fact that you have a, a game plan where you want to get to Harden and be two-man actions. You put a 2-3 zone out there, all of a sudden you have to rely on your role players a lot more. And they did not want to do that, especially when they don't have Maxi. So, like, they totally just stalled them out. So I thought that was another kind of fun little wrinkle. But then the final thing I'll say, because you mentioned Jimmy, I walked away from specifically the first half because I'm not even – I think the second half got a little out of hand, so I'm not even – I don't think that was as important. I thought that was actually one of Tyler's most impressive halves this season. And it wasn't even that flashy. At 16 points, he's had 16 points and quarters before. So why was it so impressive? I thought his process, and this kind of ties back to your original question, I think he's so important to what they can do offensively. Like, you look at the fact he came out and he was attacking, he was getting paint touches, and he was getting very physical, which I think is something that this team needs from him a ton. I, I mentioned the, the one play where he came around a screen, he has an open lane to the basket. P.J. Tucker's flying down baseline to come help. What is he, nine times out of 10, or should I say 99 times out of 100, he's stopping into a little floater. He's just going to avoid the contact, go into a little floater, kind of take an in-between shot. He didn't do that. He went right at P.J. Tucker, took a shot, like took an absolute mm -hmm. shot, hit the floor, and he went to the free throw line. They need that. Like this team needs that physicality from him. They need him to play strong, and he played strong tonight. He kept getting to the rim. 
Even if he was inefficient at Tahiti, what again? Seven of 17 from the field. He was five. He was really efficient from three. He was a little inefficient from two, but you'll take that. If he's getting to the basket and he's creating better looks, I think he was a big part of the fact of why they shot well from three tonight because he was crashing the paint and he was forcing that well. So I thought that Tyler was a big takeaway from this game because look, we, we constantly, we've, I know we've had these conversations again in games against Detroit games against Orlando. You're like, Oh, he plays well against bad teams. We have to overlook this. Let's we, we shouldn't just push past it when he's playing a good team now and say, well, it's toward the end of the season and it's meaningless. Like he's starting to do these things. Yes. When we get into the play and in playoffs, that is when the true judgment's going to come. But we're seeing good signs right now. And I think the process of what he's doing is, is the important part. Ah, the word process dropped in there. By the way, this is the team <laughs> that started all the doubling of him last year. Um, and so, you know, to see, again, they're defending him differently now, but to see the reaction that he's had to it, I'm not going to take any credit for this. This would be completely presumptuous, okay? But it is interesting because I don't think it's us, okay, although I do know some listen. Uh, I think it's general, the media conversation, the Twitter conversation after Jimmy basically turned our guy, Cody Zeller, and hope, we hope you enjoy the podcast that Alex and I did with Cody. After uh, Jimmy turned Cody Zeller into Will Chamberlain for one game when Bam was out and all of the media conversation was Jimmy doesn't get the ball to Bam. Like that is, I mean, we've touched on it, but not to the degree that we did in that podcast. And also it wasn't just us. It was others that were out there discussing this. It's interesting to me, Alex, that we're seeing Jimmy feed Bam a lot the last two games, right? Like making a conscious effort to do it. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's it's almost like he heard us. No, I, I don't think Jimmy loses the five on the floor, but it is no, I definitely. Nice I, I, there's to a million see. things Jimmy's gonna do before losing. We would need yeah, to change no. the theme song. A, a billion might be selling his short, to be honest. Yeah, but, exactly. Um, I, I really, I think you know, that's definitely nice to see, and you know, to me, that was that was never really something that was in my head too much, just because I never. It's not surprising to me that teams are a lot more worried about Bam as a roller than Cody Zeller, who just came yeah. off several months out of the league, you know, coming off knee surgery. Um, yeah, like I, the teams are worried about Bam's role, and that's why they're sending more help than ever. And, and you know, sending a second guy when, when he has the ball in his hands more often than they have, which can be a good thing when your shooters are making shots. So, you know, um, that wasn't a big thing to me. I, to me, like, I want to see Bam get – the 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 field goal attempts back up a little bit I mean, tonight wasn't an issue right like i think tonight he did he did an awesome job on the defensive end and that takes up so much effort trying to uh keep up with Embiid. you know Embiid wasn't killing you at the free throw line i thought he did a great job rejecting the ball in general i think i thought the heat were pretty sharp with their help um when bam was fronting and uh, I thought Jimmy did a pretty good job when he whenever he got switched onto Embiid. you know there was like one time in the beginning of the game where he reached uh, for no reason that and beating got an easy point. But other than that, they were very sharp, I think, on the defensive end, which is what I was looking forward to with this game. And um, like Giancarlo and I talked about this on Heat Beat last night um, with the playoff matchups, and we were going back and forth whether the Sixers or the Celtics are the, are the better matchup for the Heat. And I think tonight you saw the blueprint of why the Heat would prefer the Sixers. You saw, like what Leif was talking about, the Sixers do not want to play the Heat. And I understand, you know, they don't really have much to play for tonight. They weren't maybe giving it their all. But that doesn't take away from the fact that the Heat kind of haven't figured out. Like, I think you see what happens when Embiid has to deal with that extra pressure. And it's not gimmicky when you have Bam Adebayo on you and then a bunch of smart help defense and it's like, well, I don't really know who to pass to because the guy that you think is open isn't really open, and they're recovering back out there when they're on top of their stuff, and they're just making it really hard for him. I thought he struggled versus that tonight. 
I think um, they did a great job on Harden as well. I, I like I, they kind of haven't figured out to me. And I, I know that Max, he wasn't out there. He's a heat killer. He makes things a little bit problematic for the heat, but still, like, I think that's a guy Jimmy can go at. You saw everything of why, you know, what you were uh, kind of speaking about in the beginning, Ethan, just the fact that they're not able to play this team right now. It's almost, it's almost impossible at this point, but that is just, it does leave me a little bit melancholy because man, they they really do seem like shook with I think, they would, the the, I think they would win the series against them. I, I really think they would win the series. And, and it's not just that Philly doesn't want to play Miami. It's that Miami has no fear of that team. They don't fear them. I don't even know that they respect them. Like, I, I feel like Jimmy respects Joel, but I don't it. feel like the rest of them really respect that team. Like, I think they know they have a coaching advantage there. I think... We've seen, obviously, Gabe was not good tonight, but he's had most of the best games of his career actually come against Milwaukee or Milwaukee without Giannis, but Milwaukee or uh, or Philadelphia. Uh, they, they don't have any fear of that team. They, they don't. They think that they are as good or better than that team, no matter what state they're in, and particularly when they're playing at a higher level like they are right now. There's, there's no concern about playing that team. I don't think they have a lot of fear of playing Boston either. I think the only one, although I don't think they match up particularly well, we'll discuss that a lot in the next couple of weeks because I feel like that's where this is headed. I, I think I think they have some fear in Milwaukee. I, I do, and, and I think it's warranted even though they beat them three years ago because the circumstances are different, the players are different, and Milwaukee's better than they were three years ago. They're just better. They're deeper. They've got more options to go to, and there's some familiar faces there that the Heat – uh, have respect for just coming off their bench now. But I, I just – I don't think Philadelphia would have scared them at all, and I would have picked Miami in six or seven, honestly. Um, but I'm not going to pick them against Boston. And that's why tonight is depressing because you're literally talking about getting one more game. Like, they just needed to get one more of all the games that we've lamented and where they just pissed them away at the end. Not the end necessarily because the clutch numbers were good, but they just did not come out with the proper – attitude and then they were chasing the entire game against teams like Cleveland and Detroit and San Antonio and then one mistake in the last five minutes and you're done that's that's what happened that's going to be ultimately the story of the season because they've created the toughest possible path for themselves when that was not necessary all right when we come back we're going to talk about a couple sponsors we're going to set the scene for the end of the season here how should the Heat handle this and with the knowledge that they probably don't have a great shot at that sixth spot. So what do you do with Jimmy? We've talked about this in a full podcast, but now it's closer. What do you do with Bam? How do you play the last two games of the season? They got one in Washington team. They've lost two twice this year, but is doesn't care anymore. They're out of it. And then Orlando team, it's actually played pretty well over the past couple of months. Uh, and you have to play on Easter Sunday at one o'clock. Do you want to talk about two sponsors here? The five reasons sports network. Our friend Lynette was with us tonight on playback. She always is. She's a super heat fan. She's also super at her job. Check her out at insurance by Lynette.com 954-581-8800-954-581-8800 insurance by Lynette.com also known as an a aggressive insurance. You can get you life insurance, renters insurance, but also car insurance. If you got a bad driving record, Lynette's the person to go to. She absolutely will get you insurance. So 954-581-8800. My favorite text that I get are Lynette texting me, we got another client from you guys. And why? Because she does a great job and she takes care of you and gives you that personal service. 954-581-8800. Also want to mention, they were with us at the watch party the other day, um, Josh and George from odmpsi.com, odmpsi.com. They basically connect 
high level businesses. They work with banks, supermarkets, all kinds of different companies across the country, but also here in South Florida, they're based in Pembroke Pines, big heat fans themselves. Uh, they connect them with high level employees, but if you're a high level employee, they got plenty of jobs available there for you. So check them out. ODMPSI.com. Make sure you mention five reasons. Just call, see what you got. Okay. But they got lots of stuff that they can work for you. And in, if you run a business, they can handle your social media. They can help you find talent. Uh, they can help you with consulting and all kinds of other stuff. So check them out. ODMPSI.com. Mentioned five reasons. Hey, it's Ethan Skolnick for Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. As you know, we heard from Pat Riley recently. Everybody has an opinion on trades, free agency, who they should keep, who they should give up, who they should get. Well, whatever it is that Riley and the Heat do, you don't want them giving up too much and getting too little, right? Well, the same is true of shaving products. And that's why I use Harry's shaving products. I love the way it handles. I love the way it looks. And I love the quality of the shave. I have a little bit of trouble growing out a good beard so better to just shave it off and make sure that it looks somewhat professional. These are German-engineered blades made in their own factory, so they stay sharp longer. It means you can use them longer. And also, they've got customizable delivery options for scheduled refills as low as 2 bucks, half of what you pay for other big brands. Also, I would recommend the shaving lotion as well and the body wash. So check it out. You can go to harrys.com backslash five. That's harrys.com backslash five. You'll get a $13 trial set for just three bucks. Again, don't pay too much and get too little. Same is true of shaving as NBA transactions. Harrys.com backslash five for your $3 trial set. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, so what do we do now here? Like, what, 80 games into the season, there are two left. The plan's coming up next Tuesday. The Heat are most likely in it in a 7-8 situation. Most likely going to play the Hawks. Uh, the Hawks are up a game on the Raptors. The Raptors do play Milwaukee and Boston in their last two, but neither of those teams have anything to play for. So you have to assume if Toronto does want to get up as high as possible, and why wouldn't they? You don't want to be in the 9-10 game that exposes you more and forces you to play a road game in the second play-in game. If you win the nine, 10, you're trying to win. If you're Toronto right now, you're playing two teams that really don't care about winning. So they may win their two, but the Hawks look like they can win at least one of their last two also. Uh, and so if the Hawks do, they will be the eight seed uh, again, if Miami at least wins one of their last two games here. So you're likely getting the Hawks. We've talked about the Hawks. They are the most mid-team in NBA history. They have been hugging the 500 line. They've gone win-loss, 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 win-loss for more than a month, okay? They don't get within two games either side of it. And uh, they basically scored the same number of points that they've allowed this year. They're 40 and 40, and they will likely win one of their last two to close at 41 and 41. So you're probably getting the Hawks, okay? With that knowledge, I'll start with you this time, Alex. How do you handle the last two? I mean, you've got Washington. You play everybody in Washington, and then kind of if you don't have if you if your shot is like less than a ten percent shot going into that Sunday, the Nets playing Philly. You know they're probably going to beat this Philly team that doesn't care in the last game of the year. Once honestly, the Nets to win, then you just sit everybody against the Magic on Sunday. 
honestly, it's it's hard because like and like the podcast that we did a couple of games ago when it was four games left, um, I said win one more game and they've won two since. So mm-hmm. I said win one more game and I feel better about them sitting their guys. And it's, that was before Bam um, had come back from the hip stuff. Even then, I, I just I would rather go conservative. I think that's the logical thing to do when you just look at the fact that the, the chances to get into six are so low. But like my heart is telling me, you know, hopefully they just like look at what they did to the Sixers and they're like, you know what, we got to go out and get this six seed mm-hmm. because that would be like the, the, the best thing for us. It would elongate the season and it would push off us having to do offseason topics. So, yeah, I, I, you know, <laughs> um, that's what I'm rooting for at this point. But that's just kind of uh, where I'm at with it. Like, I think the it makes a lot of sense to sit them tomorrow, you know, especially if. You know, it's a back-to-back on the road, and especially if the Wizards are going to continue to not play like their quote-unquote big three that they're going to go all in on this summer with Beal, Kuzma, and Porzingis. Like, especially if those guys are not playing, you know, sit them out. I think sit them out and then kind of go from there. Um, maybe sit them out again but in, in Orlando. But I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of on the fence there because I also want to see them take advantage of the momentum that they got from – tonight's game where they just executed to perfection after so many games where we've seen such sloppiness, right? Like the Mavericks game was a blowout, but it wasn't because they were like perfect on, you know, executing everything. I mean, uh, Jesus, executing everything on both sides. The Mavericks cannot defend worth a damn. The Sixers are a good defense and the Heat were getting easy offense out there and were executing their plan to a T on the defensive end, like they killed them with field goal attempts, killed them on the boards, killed them with points off turnovers. Uh, you mentioned the assist margin. They got they hit eight more threes in the Sixers, uh, and I think they ended up getting like 12 more shots up in total despite the, the free throws being even, which is usually where the Heat will get an advantage. So, you know, it, it was nice to see them do that. I would like to see them build momentum. I just don't know if that's realistic. So, you know, if the six seed is not realistic, I, I think you should probably just sit those guys. Well, the back-to-back does play into this, right, Brady? I mean, that's – I mean, with Jimmy, to me, he's the one, right, that you, you likely sit. But also, when we saw Max Struess today in a freak situation, you know, it looked like he hurt his thumb, and we're talking on playback. Well, that'll be six weeks. Now, thankfully, he came back afterwards. <laughs> that gives me pause also. Um, if, if you sat them – let's say you just sit Jimmy now. He plays on Thursday. You're not playing again until Tuesday. So you're giving him Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday – allowing him to come into the play-in with four days rest. I mean, the Heat can do the math here. They understand the circumstances with the Nets and Sixers. The Nets play Orlando first. They've already lost to Orlando in the last week, but I'm not expecting it to happen again. I, I don't know. I, I, I might be inclined to say, you got your rhythm tonight. We're good. Just accept it. And just to make sure we have this correctly, so the Heat, are, their floor is the seven seed, right, as we stand? Well, they are – so they would be two games up on Atlanta. They have a tiebreaker on Atlanta, right? So I yes. guess they yeah. have clinched they're, the seven, correct? They're, they're basically – I don't think it's 100% clinched because I, I think well, maybe one, is, one of the on – What is Toronto's win total? Can they catch them? They're 40 and 40, so I don't think they can. No, they can't. They can't because Miami's oh. at 43. So Miami has clinched the seven, correct? That's what, That's what I believe so. Because Atlanta – that's yes, what the that math right. appears to be telling us. Yes. Yeah. It Go just ahead. um so here's so to answer your question before, the funny thing is let's let's start by the fact if Jimmy plays, 
he's tomorrow. He's not really playing because that was his last regular season game. Like even if he does play, he is absolutely coasting out there. You're going to see what he did in that last game for four quarters. Like he's not going to shoot a shot. Like that is basically how that's going to go. But the other part of that is let's just say that Brooklyn does. Let's just hypothetically say they do lose these games. Jimmy, if he sits out tomorrow, you should, if you were going to make a run in a play in or a playoff scenario, you should be able to beat this Wizards team tomorrow without Jimmy Butler. So that kind of X's everything out. Like that's where I kind of stand. So I think Jimmy Butler doesn't play tomorrow. And I definitely don't think he plays Sunday. That's where I believe so. And I think the question is more so do Tyler and Bam play? And I know the Bam injuries is what makes that part interesting. Uh, but they'll probably say the youth will prevail. <laughs> probably let Tyler Tyler's going to play. Tyler's going to play. Bam is the one I was a little bit weird on, but I think both of them play and you just try to get the win against Washington. Like I said, if, if you're struggling with that team, which they will, it'll be a clutch game. Uh, but if you're if you if you're like worried about losing that game without Jimmy, I don't think you're sitting nicely heading into a game a series against Boston because Jimmy's great. Play. Tyler Tyler will play Brady. Tyler will play. I I, th- right. I think that's where it's at. I I, I do think and he always talks about he can play 48 minutes. They'll just take their chances with him, and he'll get up a lot of shots. I I would anticipate so will Depot. Right. I, well, Depot Depot will play tomorrow. That's see see Depot will play. Um, does Kyle play, Greg? I mean, he's in a really good rhythm right now. Like, I almost I think feel he like does. He's going it's limited it. minutes. Like, what are we doing here? I mean, he can't play seventeen to twenty-one minutes. Like, I think he can. He can pitch in. I, I think that they got to play him. They could also go completely counter to everything we're saying and keep playing everyone completely yeah. uh, to keep momentum. Just like, how bad would it suck if something were to happen where Brooklyn were to squander? that six seed and you didn't go for it. And right. so then not only did you lose it once you lose it again, because you could have played well. I just think it's a risky move from a team psyche perspective. So you, you have to balance that. It'll be interesting to see what they do tomorrow night in Washington. I mean, they turn Mikhail Bridges into a star. Like you talk about that home game, but it was, the, it's the road game that gets me. Like they went into Brooklyn they went into Brooklyn after the trade, and everybody's talking about it. the Nets are going to drop to 12 or 13 or something like that. The bottom's going to fall out. Mikel Bridges scores 45 against them or whatever it was. And really, I mean, from then he sort of realized, I'm really good. Like that, it's, and, and now he's averaging 26, 27 points a game since they, they kind of did this to themselves. And that's why, as I close tonight, thanks to our sponsors, PrizePix, ODMPSI.com, and InsuranceByTheNet.com. It's not that I wanted to, you know, rain on everybody's parade here, but it's there's no chance of a parade now because of the path that they've chosen. Brady. I just wanted to add, I saw Ira tweeted that Spolster says Larry will sit Friday in Washington, just so we okay. clear that up before this <laughs> ends. Makes sense. Makes sense. And so Gabe will get minutes and Depot's gonna play. That's we're gonna see a lot of Victor Oladipo uh tomorrow night. And, and I don't want to pin this all on Vic, but the ball movement has significantly improved. <laughs> Uh, since the changes were made to the rotation, right? I mean, the, the reality is you look at the three guys off the bench now, they move the ball. You know, Caleb moves the ball, he gets off of it. Lowry, we know that's what he does. And Love, for any faults that he may have, he moves the ball. Spolster went for ball movement and body movement uh, as opposed to kind of what we were looking at and got away from kind of the Oladipo ISO stuff and some of that, some of the other things that we <coughs> we were seeing, but we're going to see a lot of it in Washington. And look, Washington wanted Vic last summer, so that's kind of uh, that. You know, it's, it'll be interesting to see him showcase himself 
Uh, I I just want to throw in real because we didn't mention it before. I thought one of the most interesting things about this game was the fact that they finally go 2-3 zone with with Love off the bench. Mm. Like, why did we wait for this long to put Love in action after action, the same action of hedging, to get to this point now where it feels like they just figured everything out, where they finally could put him, where he can have 95 charges in a game and defend positionally, like, it just feels like they wait till like two games left in the season to figure out all well, their just, problems. Well, just call it out. It's, I mean, it's Spo. I mean, I and, and we always talk about him holding things in his back pocket, and I wonder how much of this was holding things in his back pocket, which he always does at the end of the season, or how much of it was it just took forever to kind of figure it out. And I, I, yeah. I think it might and be the latter. all season. Like that's so weird. <laughs> no, I, I understand it, but it's it's funny because if you look at the eight ram rotation he settled on with all the missing in the pieces in and out. We never guessed this rotation. Like now it sort of makes sense when you look at it. You're like, oh, you're bringing two veterans off the bench. They can play limited minutes. You can spot their minutes. Caleb is back to his natural role. You know, you put Vincent and Shrews to the starting lineup and they don't have it, then you can take them out and you play eight. And then Highsmith or Duncan become kind of your variable guys based on whether you need offense or defense for a ninth player and you take Vic out. Like that's kind of what ended up – I mean, now you look at it and you're like, okay, this makes sense. They got to where Eric wanted to get ultimately with ball movement. You see the assists are coming up. Pace has been better. But it feels accidental. I I don't – like last year I felt like it was – there was a plan to it. You know, when he put Struis, he had placeholders. There were layers to it. I remember talking about it in Chicago, getting Struis in the starting lineup late. Also, Dragic to the starting lineup in the bubble. Felt like that was kind of, they were kind of holding that the whole season. until it doesn't feel like that this time. I wish, you know, if I had a chance to talk to Eric on the side, it feels like we just threw a bunch of bleep at the wall and, okay, maybe this will stick. And it's sticking, but it may be too late. Right, that's that's how we may look back at this season. So but it may we'll not be too late, but it may not. It may, it may not be. Well, we're going to pretend it's not just because whatever. So Victor Oladipo going for 37 in Washington tomorrow. Uh, we'll have you covered, playback, and everywhere else. Have a good night, everybody. Thank you for listening to The Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.